Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by ID Shield, the most comprehensive identity theft protection and reputation management solution available. ID Shield provides credit monitoring and alerts, digital privacy management, and guaranteed restoration services. I use it myself, and you can get it too. Visit getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. That's getoutandtry.wearelegalshield.com. October is Fair Trade Month, and that is all about supporting businesses that are Fair Trade certified. In this episode, I talk with Sarah from the Purple Tree in downtown Hudson, a great shopping spot that takes pride in offering Fair Trade products as well as sustainable products. Check it out. Sarah, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So you are the owner of the Purple Tree in Hudson. How would you describe the Purple Tree to someone that has never visited your store? So I am one of the owners. So thanks for uh, teeing that up for me. We're a family owned business. And so my sister and I are the primary owners and we have four other family members that are um, owners as well. That being said, I do do the day-to-day operations um, for our business. We opened our business 17 years ago. Uh, My dad had been a recently retired pastor in in the Hudson community. And over his time serving in this, this community, he just really noticed how divided we were. And that um, people are really focused on if they were a Republican or a Democrat. And the colors kind of associated with if you're a Republican, the color that goes with that is red. And if you're a Democrat, the color that goes with that is blue. And when you put red and blue together, you get purple. And so the idea behind the purple tree is that when we put red and blue together, we get true beauty and um, a whole bunch of purples with a whole bunch of different shades, um, where when we can compromise and figure out what our shared goals are, we can really experience some incredible positive things in our community. The tree comes from it being a symbol of hope and us being a family tree. We are known to be tree huggers. So it was, we love the rich roots and the leaves, which are symbols of hope and growth and oxygen, all the important things we need in our world. That's what really started the purple tree was how can we bring a divided community together? And we chose concepts that um, my dad, who's in addition to being a retired pastor, also is a PhD -er, and he's a research guy. And he researched key concepts and key values that regardless of your political ideology, you tended to support. And most people tend to support uh, protecting our environment, being good stewards to our earth. And most people tend to really not want there to be slave labor or abuseful relationships with children or women, which is at the core value of fair trade. And so that's kind of how we got the purple tree going. What did that look like in the beginning for your family? Was this like a kitchen table conversation that you said, we're going to start a store? Or was this a dream that one person had and the rest of you? help support it? My parents that a lot of people know, Dan and Les Brooke, love the Ma and Pa cafes. A lot of people know Dibbo's for the bar scene, but truthfully, there was a a Dibbo's cafe that had incredible sandwiches and malts. And my parents ate there several times a week for lunch. And so that the whole decision actually started over a lunch at Dibbo's cafe. And 
my uh, dad at the time, I think he was missing preaching a little bit. And he went into his spiel about in life, there's kind of two B choices, bitter or better. And that it's so easy to get bitter about the way things are and to complain about it and maybe do another B word, but um, really focus on the negative. Or you can just do a really subtle shift from bitter to better. And what can we do to make it better? So my sister and I were at the table with my mom and we're like, okay, let's do it. We were all in a little bit of transition. We're like, let's, let's go for it. And that was a discussion that we had in late October. And by Thanksgiving, we had opened our store. Wow. That was fast. Have you always been in the same space? We haven't always been in the same space. We were where Sweet Beet Bakery is. We were there for three years. Part of our commitment was to never uh, acquire debt, which we we still haven't. So we only grew as we could afford to grow. So it took us three years to kind of get it so that it was producing some kind of revenue. And then we grew into the space where we're at today on Second Street. So basically, in would would you call it two months, you had the idea to open a store and opened it successfully. What kind of products were you carrying right off the bat? What did that look like? Well, I don't know if you've been into Sweet Beet Bakery or for other folks, if they've been in there, it's pretty tiny. And frankly, we all pooled in what we could afford to give. And so we started it with what our family could afford to invest in it. We were frantically searching for fair trade items. And in the beginning, it was really predominantly fair trade, um, mainly because they were willing to take a risk on us um, with not much of a history. You know, they, they had plenty of inventory. So we got it done. We just hunted on you know, the internet and just found things, got our seller's permit, got all this uh, paperwork needed and just really hit the ground running. One of the nice things is um, my sister, who is the co-owner with us, she's a college professor, but she has a background in entrepreneurship. She taught a lot of those courses. So she helped us develop a business plan and I will, I will tell you, Katie, I think lots of people didn't think we would ever make it um, because it, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hippie business, you know, it's, yeah. it's about goodwill and good treatment of people and um, not really too much focus on uh, money, but more on, on other things. And what we have found is when we keep our focus on people and on the planet, the money it just takes care of itself. Yeah. It always has. Yeah. So let's talk about the fair trade piece of your business. A lot of people hear fair trade and might not know what that means. So how would you describe fair trade and what, what's the history on that? The really exciting thing is that fair trade started with one woman in the, in the late forties. Her name is Edna Byler and she was a missionary and was, um, overseas and saw this beautiful work that these artisans were making and saw that they were selling it for nothing. And she established a relationship with these artisans and said, we have to get your products into the U.S. You need to be paid a fair wage for these items. So she's the she's the brainchild of it. So she brought it back, started it out and really started 10,000 villages 
I think a lot of folks have heard of that. It's one of the largest fair trade companies in the United States. But the whole idea was that the artisans, and now in addition to artisans, it's also farmers um, with fair trade foods, coffees, and those sorts of things are paid livable wages. They are given a safe work environment. There is no sweatshop conditions or child labor. There's a commitment to how they treat the planet and just a lot of employee protections. The truth of the matter is with fair trade, nobody's going to get rich, but nobody's going to starve. Everybody's going to have exactly enough. From a business perspective, the margins in fair trade products aren't like what they are in other ones. It supports that whole premise that the person who makes it is the person who's going to make the most. So fair trade is a certification, correct? Yes. For it um, to really say fair trade on it, it's think of it like um, the organic certification. Businesses do have to apply for it. They have to pay. It is a cost to them. They are inspected. Sometimes it is known that they're going to be inspected and other times it's not. So there's really a good way to ensure that the people who are doing the work really are being treated right. You have to look for that certification. There's a lot of places out there, just like when we sometimes see the word natural, that doesn't really always mean that it's good for us, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, whereas if it's certified organic, we know that there's been an, an authority that's come in and has done those inspections. And that's the same thing with fair trade. What is the body that oversees that? So there's the Fair Trade Federation, and there's also Fair Trade America. The Fair Trade Federation is probably the bigger one that's a little bit, that's global. Frankly, there is a downside to that certification process. Some of these smaller artisans, they can't afford it. And so they might very well be honoring those core values but because they don't have enough money, they can't get that certification. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. In our shop, we have stuck with just the ones that are certified. It's the only way we can know for sure. Mm-hmm. And as, as a core value of ours, we, we really want to make sure the employees are protected and the producers are. So is everything in your store certified fair trade? Nope. Um, so we have in our store two main values. We have good for people or good for the planet. Some of the environmental pieces that we have don't necessarily have that certification, but they do honor other kinds of things like organic and a whole bunch of other criteria that ensures that that is what happens. And they have a lot of trade traceability and um, transparency. So we can go back and really look at those things. What kind of items in your store do you have that are considered fair trade? The really exciting thing is most of our clothing lines now use fair trade factories, which is super exciting. It wasn't that way always. I think that's a lot from consumer demands. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to know who made their clothing, how that person was treated. I also think a lot of that has to do with the Bangladesh fires that happened around 2000, I think it was like 10 or 11, where some big box stores did have sweatshop conditions where they really were locking their employees in. Their employees weren't allowed to take breaks. A fire broke out. Many of us might remember it when it was on the news. We saw people trying to jump from the windows for safety. And I think that horrific day, that horrific thing that happened has has led to major change in the industry. So we have clothing, we have 
candles, we have jewelry, we have food, we have coffee, a whole bunch of household items. More and more of our companies are fair trade. Yeah, I I can remember it was probably in the 90s that the whole Kathy Lee Gifford scandal came out, right? Like that was one of the arms in the timeline of fair trade. It is. And now there's, there are some exciting things. Like I have a friend who's a buyer at Target and um, Target has set a goal by 2025 to make sure that all of their apparel is ethically sourced. You know, I think more and more people are seeing it's the right thing to do. It's going to come up fast 2025, but it also feels like a really far away date, especially for an organization as big as Target. But again, when you get that big, it probably takes a lot more to make that change happen. Do you see businesses that resist the change just because of the financial impact of it? Absolutely. We are in a capitalist society. I do find there's a lot of hope though. So I don't want to just be all doom and gloom, but yes, absolutely. That does happen. And absolutely. I've shifted my buying completely where I remember when I was in college and, and, and I didn't, Katie, I did not know about fair trade. Mm-hmm. when I was in college. And I can remember being so excited when I'd go to the Gap and I'd see there was a really cute shirt that was $19.99 and it was on sale for $6. And I'd be so excited and I'd be like, holy cow, that shirt was just there six weeks ago. That was brand new. And now it's already $6. And I never thought about how they were able to do such a drastic markdown. You know, at whose expense was that? Fast forward to when I this became our family business and I really started paying a lot more attention to these things and the Bangladesh fires. Like I have, I can't step foot in those um in those places until they I know they're making steps. It's not fast enough. Lives are on on the line. And that's not a good enough answer for me at this point, which is why it's so awesome that there's so many other companies that are smaller, that are, that are doing it. There's a really good alternative out there. Your store has a way of honoring fair trade week. What, in what way do you guys honor the fair trade? Is it week or month? So fair trade actually um, has the whole month of October to celebrate uh, fair trade and these principles and these values with the intent of creating awareness and understanding and encouraging people to support these types of businesses. So we sell it, we choose one week to do a whole bunch of special deals. Ours start on Monday, October 18th and go through Friday, October 22nd. And how it works at our shop is on the deal that happens on Monday, you can use it all the way through Friday. So each day it builds with the very best deal day being Friday. And you can use all the prior day deals. It doesn't mean that we might not sell out the products because that happens sometimes. So some people will come in every day or they'll, they'll be watching and they'll come in if there's something really important to them that they want to make sure that they get. Spoiler alert. I don't know, Katie, have you ever had one of our maple syrup candles that we're known for? Oh, I have not. That sounds delightful though. (laughs) You are missing out on those. So those are one of our top selling holiday items. We literally sell around 1,500 of them every holiday season, one candle. It's one candle. It's one scent. It's so good. It lasts forever. The smell, you know how, like when you think about maple syrup candles, you're like, oh my gosh, does that smell like my stinky kid when he comes home from the (laughs) sleepover? It's not. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's it's all the good things with maple syrup and none of the bad things. So those will be on special. And we have people that start asking us like in August if, if we're having the, the promotion happen again. So that's one you're going to have to check out. How can people find out about the special of the day? Um, we share them on our social media. We are both on Instagram and on Facebook, and it's the Purple Tree WI. And so each morning, is there a specific time that you launch it that people should watch for? Yes, we usually do it right after we've closed. Um, so like the special for that Monday will be posted Monday or Sunday after 4 p.m. Okay, so stay tuned and keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned. And there's really the maple syrup candles are really the only consistent one from year to year. Okay. In addition to being fair trade, you also focus on sustainability. Talk a little bit about that. How, in what ways do you focus on sustainability? So um, when we started our business all those years ago, we, I, I told you we had the commitment to fair trade, social justice, peace in the environment. Over the years, we kind of rebranded and went to good, good for people, good for planet. When we started our company, frankly, we did not realize that we were honoring um, a triple bottom line approach and what's become known as, as benefit corporations. And benefit corporations ascribe to the value base that three things are important in a business, how we treat people, how we treat our planet, and then how we treat our profit. And the goal of a sustainable business is to honor those three things. And it's, they usually draw it with three different circles, kind of all overlapping. Think about like the wedding rings, but just add in another one. Mm-hmm. And then right in that center is what they call your sweet spot. And that's where you have found the perfect blend for your business of of people, planet, and profit. And frankly, Katie, we didn't even know that that was a way of doing business. We just made that commitment to doing that. And then the more and more we got into the business, you know, we started thinking about what other companies are kind of like that. And some of them that are some bigger names that people know are Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's ice cream is is a benefit corporation. Patagonia is a benefit corporation. And you're just seeing more and more companies shift to that. And I actually think it's the perfect blend for fair trade. Mm -hmm. They really go hand in hand. They're essentially doing the same exact thing. Not always requiring a certification, but it's the exact same values. Now, one of the things that you've shared with me as well is that you are one of Wisconsin's first public benefit corporations. What does that mean? Well, the exciting news is this. We, my father and I spent years trying to get passed on a state level. All of our neighboring states had public benefit corporations that were allowed as business entities. It's exactly what we just were talking about. It's that commitment to how you treat people, planet, and the profit. So that's a benefit corporation. In um, business kind of courses, that's referred to the triple bottom line. Okay. What happens with that is it allows us to communicate to our consumers that this is how we do business. What we have to do is on an annual basis, we have to write up a report. So when we file our taxes, part of that is putting in there how we treat the planet. What have we done? What have we done in our community and abroad? How have we helped benefit people in our community and abroad? And how has that worked with our with our profit? And And in there, we share how much money we donate to the community and those sorts of things. So anybody, you know, if if the government ever wants to really take a close look at it, they can at any point. If customers ever have questions for us, 
we can share that then as well. In order to get it in our state, we it really took took us a long time to get one of the local legislators to pick it up uh, and propose it. And actually, it's an awesome story of bipartisanship. Probably won't go into political parties, but I think a lot of people know my leanings. And so I had to work super closely with somebody who had different leanings. And together, we made it happen. It was two women, myself and another woman, who got this to happen. And it's just that powerful reminder that when you put that blue and that red together, you do get that purple. And that's where really awesome things happen. And to, you know, figure out we have to find a way that we can work together if we're going to have any progress in our world. What does the future hold for the purple tree? You know, we're always kind of thinking that what will be next for us? At the moment, we're just going to keep doing what we do best. um, And really, focus in on making sure that we're providing the best products for consumers um, and having a wide range of of prices. That's something else that's super important to us. Um, Having grown up a pastor's uh, daughter and uh, a daughter of an educator with four kids, funds were always a little tight. And so that knowledge that people want to have something special and unique and not everybody's budget is actually not many people's budget is $50 for a birthday present. So making sure that we have sweet birthday gifts that are under $10 and just really trying to have a wide range of things so that everybody has a place to shop that's not big box where it really can make a positive impact. We're just going to keep doing what we do and uh, try to give a place of hope And uh, so can the inspiration from our customers who honestly are some of the kindest, nicest do-gooders who are out in the world, out in the trenches, inspiring us to be better people. Be sure to visit the Purple Tree in downtown Hudson, especially during their week of celebrating fair trade. They're going to be offering great deals on some of their fair trade products. Keep an eye out for those deals to happen October 18th through the 22nd. And of course, big thanks to the Purple Tree for listing that sale on getoutandtry.com. That wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the Valley. Go, get out and try.